Welcome to the Pearl of Great Price podcast. Thanks for joining us today. It's the 5th of May. And on this day in Christian history, we're going to be looking at the theme of evolution. We go back to the year 1925. And we travel to Tennessee in America. But today a football coach, John Thomas Scopes, was charged with violating Tennessee's Butler Act, which prohibited the teaching of human evolution in Tennessee schools. It was a test case that had been financed by the American Civil Liberties Union. The emerging theory of evolution had become a flashpoint between scientists and those who took a fundamental and literalistic interpretation of the Bible. At the time, the state of Tennessee required teachers to use the assigned textbook Hunter's Civic Biology, which included a chapter on evolution. And this seemed as though teachers were essentially required to break the law. One of the key architects of the trial was George Rappelier, an engineer and a geologist, and was keen to challenge the constitutionality of the Butler Act. If only they could find a Tennessee teacher who was willing to act as a defendant. The case became known as the Scopes Monkey Trial. A band of businessmen in Dayton, Tennessee, also saw this as an opportunity to get publicity for their town, and they approached Scopes. When asked about the test case, Scopes was initially reluctant to get involved. However, after some discussion, he told the group gathered in Robinson's drugstore, if you can prove that I've taught evolution and that I can qualify as a defendant, then I'd be willing to stand trial. The case ended on July the 21st in 1925 with a guilty verdict. And then the case was appealed to the Tennessee Supreme Court. In a three-to-one decision written by Chief Justice Grafton Green, the Butler Act was upheld to be constitutional, but in a classic legal fudge, the court overturned Scope's conviction because the judge had set the fine instead of the jury. The Butler Act remained in effect until 1967, when it was repealed by the Tennessee legislature. And after the trial, Scope submitted to a reporter that he had actually skipped the lesson on evolution and that his lawyers had coached his students to go on the stand. The trial's impact soon reached wider than Tennessee, escalating the political and legal conflict in which strict creationists and scientists struggled over the teaching of evolution in Arizona and California. After Scopes was originally convicted, creationists throughout the United States sought similar anti-evolution laws for their states. And by 1927, 
there were 13 states that had deliber deliberated over some form of anti-evolution law. Nearly all of these efforts were rejected. But Mississippi and Arkansas did put anti-evolution laws on the books after the Scopes trial. And these were laws that would even outlive the Butler Act. A group of committed anti-evolutionists emerged who sought to ban evolution as a topic for study in schools or, failing that, to relegate it to the status of unproven hypothesis, perhaps taught alongside the biblical version of creation. The anti-evolution crusade of the 1920s evolved into the creation science movement of the 1960s. And this marked a shift from overtly religious to covertly religious objections to evolutionary theory, sometimes referred to as a wedge strategy. The Scopes trial had both short and long-term effects on the teaching of science in schools in the US. They're often portrayed as influencing public opinion against fundamentalism. The anti-evolutionary legislation was not challenged again until 1965. The effects of the Scopes trial on high school biology texts has not yet been unanimously agreed by scholars. Of the most widely used textbooks after the trial, only one included the term and there was a trend for the removal of evolution from texts. But in mid to long term, the anti-evolutionist movement died out. Biology textbooks began to include the previously removed evolutionary theory reflecting that there was a growing demand for science textbooks to be written by scientists rather than educators or education specialists. In his book, Trying Biology, Robert Shapiro examines many of the biology textbooks of the time and finds that while they may have avoided the trigger word evolution to placate anti-evolutionists, the overall focus on the subject was not greatly diminished and the books were still implicitly evolution-based. An attempt at rewrite history and erasing its nuances was seen in a popular play titled Inherit the Wind, which subsequently became a popular film. The character misrepresenting Scopes, is shown being arrested in the classroom, thrown into jail, burned in effigy by frenzied and mean-spirited and ignorant townspeople, and taunted by a fire-snorting preacher. None of that actually happened in Dayton, Tennessee. That's all from the Pearl of Great Price today. Join us tomorrow if you can as we look at a Van Eyck masterpiece in Ghent, Belgium. 
I hope you enjoyed listening. Please subscribe and leave a comment on the blog if you have time at www.pogp.net. And if you'd like to respond directly, then email the show on pogppod at gmail.com. Have a lovely day wherever you are, and thanks for listening.